0: Welcome to, oh gosh Murphy, you done spooked me again, the only American Horror Story fan cast. I'm Kyle.
1: And I'm Kat, and this week we looked at Season 5, Episode 7, Flickr. So Kyle, based on the one episode that we watched, what is American Horror Story?
0: To be honest with you, Kat, I couldn't really tell you.
1: That's too bad, because I couldn't tell you either.
0: Well, here's the reason I couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. I scare very easily. This is true. So when you told me, hey, let's watch American Horror Story, I may have said yes, but what I really meant was, please, God, no, it's far too spooky for me.
1: Is that why you were covering your eyes, like, the whole time? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm going to have to carry this particular show.
0: Yeah, you might have to do the heavy lifting here, because I could only really tell you fine details of the palms of my hands after the (laughs) hour that we just spent.
1: (laughs) Did you hear the noises, though?
0: I did hear the noises.
1: So you heard Evan Peters' very, 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 very good performance. I did. That was the most important thing,
0: so I don't feel like you really missed out. But now, let let me be honest with you folks. American Horror Story... Not nearly as spooky as advertised. That's what I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> you know what the spooky part of American Horror Story is?
0: What's the spooky part?
1: The credit sequence.
0: Yeah, it's pretty spooky.
1: Yeah. Um, cause there's, there's like a baby crawling out of a mattress and there was like weird clown contortionists and.
0: And they would have neon sign versions of the Ten Commandments pop up on screen. I thought that was pretty spooky. Mm
1: mm-hmm, Mm hmm. Yeah, the Ten Commandments
0: always frightened. me. I thought the baby in the mattress was kind of cute.
1: Actually, there was one part where the baby just made a really cute baby face. Yeah. Hi!
0: Hello, this is my mattress. (laughs) Please visit me.
1: (laughs) So, this season is hotel. And I have to make a confession... I have watched the first season of American Horror Story, but since it's an anthology, we agreed that it was fair game for the podcast.
0: Yeah, because all we really care about is if we have any idea what's going on, and I don't think watching Season 1 of this helped you at all in understanding Season 5.
1: Exactly. The only thing that was in any way similar was the fact that evan peters was in it
0: well let's let's jump in like let's start there and just talk about our history with the franchise okay what do you think of season one
1: season one episode one very spooky the rest of season one very terrible i kept watching kind of compulsively because i couldn't help it but like i did not enjoy it at all Again, though credit sequence very scary. <laughs> like the credit they sequence, they really nailed the
0: credit sequence. The
1: credit sequence of season one gave me nightmares. The rest of season one gave me nightmares, but of a different
0: sort. Like, does it try to be scary?
1: Uh, yeah. For and it sure. just
0: didn't do very good.
1: Yeah, like I can't tell if this season was trying to be scary or not, but like, it
0: definitely didn't seem like it.
1: Other parts, at least of not it this episode, trying to be scary.
0: Like, cause I, I just don't do well, as you know, with jump scares and there were zero... Oh, no, there was one jump-scare attempt in this episode very early on. Mm -hmm. Didn't get you, though. Didn't get me. Yeah, because there was no build-up, and that's really what the jump-scares are about. It's not the actual jump-scares. It is... Like, a a good horror movie can make me be in anticipation of there being a jump-scare with the music and cuts. Yeah. And it's not really the jump-scare that does me, it's the every single time that they cut to something else me thinking there's going to be a jump scare <laughs> that really does me in
1: yeah um here's the thing about our our history with like horror movies Kyle is so susceptible to like he like with jump scares he will quite literally jump like a foot in the air
0: Mm -hmm. like my body is in physical pain after watching a horror movie yeah because i'm so tense and then when the jump scares happen like that all unleashes at once and i fly out of my seat
1: yeah it's great
0: i get very sore the next day
1: so the the one time each year that we actually watch any horror movies is um, Halloween because I insist, because I like, I love horror movies. Um, and Kyle really bravely grits his teeth and, and sort of bears it on Halloween, but he genuinely does spend the entire time in like a tense little ball.
0: Well, I, mo- um, I genu- like, I, I wasn't joking about if this episode was scary, I would have watched it like with my hands in front of my eyes <laughs> yeah. because that's why i watch it at home is because i get much less embarrassed to be sitting on the couch <laughs> doing that than if we were in public like last time we went and saw a horror movie in theaters was the woman in black like well, three no, or four years ago i well,
1: we went and saw get out
0: well i that wasn't that's more of a thriller than a oh, horror movie was, okay but yeah the the yeah, woman, woman in black, in black killed and, you yes Cause that was just jump scares. That was ninety minutes of jump scares, and I said, "I'm never going to see a horror movie in theaters again."
1: Yeah, I am. Guess that I'm glad, like for your physical safety, that this episode wasn't scary. But I'm also kind of sad because watching you writhe in terror in it, the anticipation of jump scares is—it's kind of I. I I perversely enjoy it. I'm sorry. You're my husband and I love you and I don't enjoy it when you're sad or frightened, but <laughs> except except when it's horror movies.
0: <laughs> the one you get. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that we've talked about what this episode isn't, should we jump into what this episode is?
1: Um, I mean, we can certainly try. Although this episode was many things, so.
0: Yeah. I I'm a, I'm kind of excited to talk about this one. It's It was interesting. It was but fascinating to start things off, there was an opening scene that I'm just obsessed with. Oh, so shit. I forced cat to r- transcript it word by word. Mm. So, what I want to do mm-hmm. is just do a line by line dramatic reading of this scene, and I'll set the scene for you first of what, what we saw. So, wait, wait,
1: wait, I want to yes. pause. Um, Uh, As the director of this scene right now with us two, can you just give me some direction for my character for this dramatic? Like, I
0: want you to do it exactly as the boy did.
1: I don't remember how the boy did it. Okay, I'll do my best. I can't promise miracles, though. All right. Because it's
0: very important to me that we really encompass the scene as written.
1: Okay. Set the scene, then.
0: So at Rise for American Horror Story, season five, episode seven. We see a sledgehammer smash into a wall. Uh, two workers peel carpet from the ground. And then an elevator door dings open and out walks a tall man, very well dressed, designer glasses in a blue suit and a small boy, long haired. Um, don't really know how else to describe him, but he was unique. Uh, walk out from the elevator. I'll be playing the part of Blue Suit Man. Cat will be playing the part of Long-Haired Boy. Shall we begin?
1: Let's. So we're really gonna stay?
0: Well, you know what Paris does to me. Dior, Lagerfeld, you should see their ateliers. We're gonna be right here. This place inspires me. That okay with you?
1: Yeah, I made some friends.
0: What would you think if I told you that me and my blonde lady friend are going to be together forever.
1: I thought you liked men.
0: <laughs> well, adults are complicated.
1: Then I approve.
0: And we do not see them again for the rest of the episode.
1: That <laughs> was the most inscrutable thing. We watched that scene at least three times, trying to decipher, like, who who... Who are you? What are you talking about? What is happening? Who is this
0: boy? Who Who's this Dior? Man? Who's Lagerfeld? <laughs> we figured that out eventually. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we couldn't understand what he was saying. And then we still don't know what an atelier is. No. Or if that was even what he was saying.
1: No. I wrote it down semi phonetically. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it was it was inscrutable, and then it was never like, well, there was
0: one, like, because the, the scene did continue for, like, two lines when, like, the construction foreman was like, hey, Drake, which is what we guessed that Blue Suit Man's name was, uh, we ran into a problem. There's a big steel wall that wasn't in any of the... Blueprints. Blueprints.
1: What should we do? And, and then Drake's like...
0: He just says, we've got a timeline, just go through it. And then... He's not seen again.
1: Nope. Nope. Not for any, like, spooky reasons. It's not like, and then he was never seen (laughs) or heard from again. It's just like, he he no longer had a role in this particular episode. Correct. Yeah.
0: And we're not certain that he's in any of the other episodes. Who knows? So the construction workers uh, taking in Drake's hasty input start blasting through the sealed door. And then two construction workers look into what is beyond
1: so then they go in and there's mouse skeletons all over the ground Mm -hmm. and then one of them is like kind of spooked and the other one is like oh what are you so scared about Mm -hmm. and then bam what happens zombies kind of kind of
0: (laughs) Uh, just two like they it kind of looks like two flappers Mm -hmm. two zombie flappers
1: well it's a dude so
0: but he still looked like a flapper
1: interesting okay
0: yeah two zombie flappers uh just tear the necks out of the construction workers and kill them
1: and then and credits
0: yeah <laughs> that was the only attempt at
1: a, jump a, scare. A, a
0: spooky like really any spookiness at all yeah in the entire episode yeah
1: that's true and it and it really doesn't seem like it tried that hard to be scary because yeah. it was so sudden, there was no build up, there was no tense music, like it was just two dudes they're talking suddenly, zombies pull their throats out, blood credits,
0: yeah, and like I want to talk more about the tone later on in the episode, but i I do wonder if they were trying to be scary or not at all there, or if there was like some type of campy intention of purposely just making it not good at being horror you know what i'm saying
1: yeah it's difficult to say
0: we'll jump in because it, it
1: wasn't like obviously campy but it also wasn't scary and it, yeah it it was the most unsuccessful part of the episode probably Well,
0: and that, I, that's kind of the thing is just because like the rest of the show if anything is incredibly well constructed
1: yeah shockingly like yeah. that's the last thing i thought that i would say, after having watched American Horror Story Hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, let, let yeah, let's just keep going with mm-hmm. the plot.
0: So then, uh, we get the big introduction of our favorite, Lady Gaga.
1: Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga and Kathy, Kathy Bates. Bates are, um, a little bit later, looking into the hole. Yeah,
0: because the they're wall. just walking down the, like, I, I thought this was a really interesting scene, because they just kind of walk out, but they weren't, like, talking as if they knew that something had happened, necessarily. I don't remember no. what they were talking about.
1: Oh, 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 Kyle, I remember what they were talking about. What were they about. talking about? They were talking about bleaching assholes. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it was really upsetting. Like, I didn't ever want to see Kathy Bates just pontificating on the point of bleaching your asshole.
0: Not not only I was done, she pontificating about— I done about, seen that today. She was pontificating not only on the generalized idea— of bleaching assholes, but she also spoke specifically of her asshole. Yeah. And that was really...
1: Well, what she said was, I don't think I could pick my own asshole out of a lineup.
0: I think she said anus, which made it worse.
1: Yeah, it was all very, very, very upsetting. Anyway, so they're talking about that, um, and then they look through this hole in the wall, and they see the dead construction workers. But there's
0: no surprise. Yeah, they're just like, oh. Oh, yeah, daily occurrence here. But they... Are like or like what do they think did it?
1: Well, that's the thing. Kathy Bates is like, oh, what did this? And then Lady Gaga doesn't know, and that's when Kathy Bates gets freaked out because she's like, oh, I've never seen you scared before or something. Yeah.
0: So and like, they, Lady
1: Lady Gaga is not cl- like obviously frightened, but she is confused. So yeah, there's
0: like a potential lineup of what could have done that that is in the hotel. But they didn't think it was any of those, and that's what was scary. Yeah. Like the fact that there were dead bodies was not at all surprising. The fact that they didn't know what did the killing.
1: Yeah. Killing in this hotel very normal. Um So then it go it it shows basically that the the two like zombie type of people um kill a hotel guest. Um, And then it goes to the flashbacks.
0: And I think we need to describe this in more detail just in terms of, like, our mental experience of going through this. Mm -hmm. Because, like, these were the four scenes so far. It was a blue suit man and little boy talking, hotel construction workers getting killed, uh, Lady Gaga and Kathy Bates finding the body— and then it jumps straight from that to a woman talking in her hotel. We have no oh, idea God, sorry. who this woman is, and if she's important at all, then two zombies break in and kill her. And then it just jumps instantly from that to an old-timey movie set.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, Lady Gaga is—it tells us Hollywood, 1925. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga is there. She's like an extra. She and her friend are talking about the star of the film and how handsome he is and the star of the film is rudolph valentino a real man
0: a real boy a
1: real man as they say and this is the first part where the 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 television show makes use of actual humans and weaves them into its mythology um in a fairly confusing way
0: in a very confusing way yeah essentially Lady Gaga is a concubine harem extra in the movie The Son of Sheikh which is a true to life silent film that Rudy Valentino actually starred in mm-hmm. and uh Lady Gaga and her friend extra are just like kind of talking about Rudy Valentino and his wife and how like much of a fan they are of him and obsessed they are with him, and how much they respect his wife for what she's done mm-hmm. and then a like assistant director walks up to Lady Gaga and hands her a note, and it's a note from Valentino uh asking her to dinner that night. The other thing that they mentioned was that uh Valentino was in the process of divorcing his wife
1: so Lady Gaga goes to dinner with Valentino. And she's just basically talking about, like, mm, I want to be immortal on the big screen. And he's like, oh, I'm Italian. And she's like, oh,
0: <laughs> so how did that conversation go in your mind? She says, I want to be immortalized on the big screen. Yeah. And he says, oh, well, I'm Italian. <laughs> yep, And she responds. Rawr. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what happened. Oh, did we watch, did you not watch the same show as me?
0: I guess that's essentially what I remember, but I just, I felt like there was more subtlety to it.
1: No. (laughs) No?
0: No. That on the nose?
1: Yeah, I, um, I I didn't tell you, but I actually wrote a transcript of two parts, and that was the other part that I transcripted exactly.
0: Well, I appreciate your studious notes.
1: Thank you. Um.
0: But really what happens (laughs) is that they're, they're very flirty, uh, Valentino, uh, talks to her in Italian and is very excited to learn that she can uh, at least understand Italian and is of Italian heritage. And um, he asks her why she wants to be in films. She says, Oh, it's so exciting because it immortalizes you because they also talk a lot about um, his accent and how he's not very good at speaking English. Mm -hmm. And um, then they start dancing Yep, and while dancing, uh, the wife of Valentino comes down, played by Alexandra Daddario, and we didn't catch her name. No, it's um, Natasha. Oh, Natasha. Mm-hmm. So Natasha comes down, and Lady Gaga's like, "Oh snap, this dude's still married. I guess I should leave." But uh, uh, all that really happens here is that Nat- like Valentino, explains that. The studio wants him and Natasha get to get divorced, so they're pretending to be broken up. Um, so she's like, "Oh, then I should go," and Natasha's like, "No, you should stay." And Lady Gaga says, "Why?" And the, so, and then what does Natasha respond? Uh, she says,
1: "Because little mouse, even gods have appetites." And then she starts dancing with Lady Gaga. And they all start kissing. They all start kissing. It's and, a threesome.
0: Yeah, it's a threesome, and scene's over.
1: Um, And then you would think, huh, they've been in this flashback for a while now, but in fact, the flashback continues for like half of the rest of the episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Lady Gaga and her extra friend are at a party, and it turns out to be the opening of the Hotel Cortez which is the hotel in which our quaint little story resides. <laughs>
1: um, and this is where we finally get to see Evan Peters and his incredible, amazing goddamn performance. And it was the best thing I've ever seen. I don't know how to describe it. It's
0: Peter Cushing meets Walt Disney yep. meets someone far creepier than even Peter Cushing.
1: <laughs> um. And also it's important to note that he does look a little bit like Michael Sarah the entire time. Uh,
0: Because it's pretty great because he's like got his little very tiny pencil mustache, but he and like he's wearing like a velvet smoking jacket the whole time, but he also looks like he's about fourteen.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. Um and he's doing this very, very over the top old Hollywood, mid-Atlantic, like, 1920s accent voice um that I cannot replicate, but will attempt to throughout. Please so do. be prepared. So they're at the hotel opening. Whilst there, Lady Gaga hears that Valentino has died in New York. And she's heartbroken, so she goes to the window and is about to jump out Mm
0: -hmm. and what's great what's great about this is i was i was able to get a bit into the mind frame of like an american horror story hotel viewer because what i believe that like because like obviously the intent of this episode was to give lady gaga's characters backstory but i'm guessing that they have given very few details of like what and who she is before Mm -hmm. this episode. Mm -hmm. So it was fun because she was like standing there with her very oddly played grief at the window as if she's about to jump out. So you and I were sitting there going, Ooh, is she a ghost? Is she a hotel ghost? Um,
1: And then Evan Peters grabs her and pulls her back in (laughs) and we go, Nope. (laughs) Uh
0: And he pulls her back in. And one of the creepiest performances maybe ever Printed to celluloid. Well,
1: she's about to commit suicide and standing at this open window, and he kind of reaches around and pulls her back in by her breasts, and then um, he kind of leans over, so he's whispering in her ear, and she goes like, no, let me go, and he's like, I don't think, no, that was Southern. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. He's like. I don't think I will let you go. In fact, I might never let you go. Meow, see? <laughs> <laughs> now you try to do an yeah, impression that... of him.
0: Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: then, we continue in the flashback. It cuts to... Um, Three
0: what? women that were uh, at the grave in, like, a mausoleum Mm -hmm. of of Valentino, and all three of them had, like, tabloid, like, 20s version of tabloid magazines, and it seemed like they were almost on, like, a map to the stars-type tour of, like, famous people's resting places. Yeah. And they talked about there being a woman in black who comes once a week to place a Yellow or not yellow. (laughs) I don't know why I thought yellow to place a red rose on the grave site of Valentino. And they talk about, Oh, who might it be?
1: The thing I really liked about this is that like, they were really the whole show was very committed to like, Hey, this is the episode where we're doing 20s flashbacks. So let's make everything as like 20s as possible. So they're all very like, daytime flapper-esque cupid's bow lips saying stuff like oh golly gee there's a woman in a long black veil she comes to the grave of valentino like it made me really
0: happy i also like because like i loved this scene just from like a storytelling perspective because like this is i think the part that really cemented like oh hey this is actually like well made for whatever this is Because from a storytelling perspective, what they wanted to do was, like, get across the idea of, like, Lady Gaga's character is mourning, and it's really weighing on her mind. And it would be really easy to just, like, have Lady Gaga come up wearing, like, a black veil and place a rose there, and that could be the whole thing. But instead, they go in this, like, beautiful, campy direction. It is, like, fully embracing to like an extreme the 20s aesthetic but having them like sit there and talk about um the idea of a woman in a black veil was by far the best way to get that out
1: i am kind of wondering if maybe this is another like true to life thing though do you think there was a thing where like after valentino died someone left like a rose at his grave kind of like you know how joe joe DiMaggio left like roses on marilyn monroe's grave every week but even even if that's
0: the case this is still like a genius way to get that idea
1: across. no it was it was super great anyway so they see a woman in a black veil approaching they all get spooked and leave Mm -hmm. surprise it's lady gaga she puts her rose on the grave and then who's that sneaking up behind her it's natasha and Natasha's like, oh, hello, little mouse. And Lady Gaga's like, I haven't seen you in so long. We used to have sex, all the three of us, and it was great. And then he died and you disappeared. Um. And Natasha's like, well, I'm just not going to hang. Like, she, oh, Lady Gaga says something about, like, "You didn't even come to his funeral. And then Natasha's like, why would I go to the funeral of someone who isn't even dead? And then out of the shadows, it's Valentino.
0: He's Whoa. still alive. Whoa. 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 I was not expecting that.
1: Up until this point, I definitely thought that this whole time he was, like, already a vampire. Mm -hmm. But then it turns out that he wasn't earlier. Well, But spoiler, now he is. (laughs) Because that was
0: kind of what was great about, like, what I was saying with getting into the mindset of the viewer is they play up Valentino being a vampire very, very hardcore in the first, like, date scene. So we were sitting there going, like, oh, hey, they're going to make... Lady Gaga into a vampire but then he died and it's like oh vampires don't die I think so then it was like when she was at the window oh Lady Gaga's a ghost oh nope she's not a ghost either well if she's not a vampire and she's not a ghost what could she possibly be because she's clearly lived since the 20s what else lives since the 20s cat
1: The vampires?
0: no we've already, we've already well, crossed did, uh, out vampires z- zombies? I don't think it's... Uh, some, well, I
1: don't know like, what you're prompting wasn't me to a, say.
0: I'm just trying to, like, we crossed out vampires. Yeah. We crossed out ghosts. Yeah. What else could she have been?
1: Ghouls? Well,
0: ghouls and ghosts, you know, those are the same things. Don't mess with me.
1: Okay. Um. Werewolf?
0: guess she could have been a werewolf. Do werewolves live forever? Is that a thing? I,
1: I, hmm. Because the only thing that can kill a werewolf when it's in its werewolf form is a silver bullet. But I assume that they can die when they're people.
0: Yeah, when you're people. It's just, oh, yeah, I may be a werewolf when the moon comes out, but right now I'm getting hit by a bus, and that sucks for me. (laughs) Because there's no moon in sight, and I am not more powerful than a bus when I am a human. So probably not a werewolf. No. So what else could she have been?
1: Um, Pasta ghost.
0: No, we're already crossed off ghost. It doesn't matter what type of ghost, we know she wasn't a ghost.
1: Pasta ghost is really different. It's really not a ghost at all.
0: What is it? It's a pasta ghost. I don't think a pasta ghost is a real thing,
1: Kat. It's a pasta ghost. If you don't know what it is, then I can't teach you. You have to understand it by experiencing it.
0: Well, do you think that the average viewer of American Horror Story understands pasta ghosts? Do you think that's what Ryan Murphy's going for? I don't.
1: <laughs> Ryan Murphy's the one who taught me about pasta ghosts.
0: You know Ryan Murphy and you didn't tell me?
1: Yeah, we had a slumber party once. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was really cool.
0: So what could Lady Gaga have been? Um, What well, lives forever? Superman. Hmm. So an alien.
1: Oh. That's
0: what Superman was.
1: That's true. Actually, it turns out she was a vampire.
0: Yeah, she was a vampire the whole time.
1: Yeah, but she didn't become a vampire when we thought she became a vampire. No. Um, cause she's like, yo, Valentino, you're alive. What happened? And then he tells the best story ever written.
0: So essentially he's going on a press tour for Son of the Sheik, which is the movie that he had been filming. And it's a, he's on a train that's going from San Francisco to New York. And it's just stopping throughout the way for premieres of the film. And the train has just press on it. Um, And he says that while on the train, he kept getting creeped out by a guy that was also on the train that just kept staring at him. And he initially thought that he was press, but he never asked any questions or did anything except for just stare straight at him. And then he talks about how he started having nightmares about the guy and visions. And this all of this was very cool in how it was shot because they shoot it with like a lot of the like practical in-camera effects of like silent movies of the era mm-hmm. um so like it very much looks like it's like a nosferatu style horror <gasps> movie spoiler spoiler uh and he talks about, like, having visions of this guy killing him or choking him to death, blah, 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 blah. And then he says that eventually the guy comes up to him and starts talking to him. And he discovers that the guy is... Did you write down his name?
1: Yes, it's F.W. Uh, Murnau.
0: F.W. Murnau.
1: And Valentino says... And I'm not going to do the accent because I know... That you would Mm -hmm. just cut it out. (laughs) Valentino, in his Italian accent, says, I thought he meant to kill me, but instead he meant to preserve me. The great director uncovered many secrets in the making of his masterpiece, Nosferatu. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's real life F.W. Murnau. Yep. Is the director of Nosferatu. So it's like two real life characters speaking to each other. That actually existed at the time, and American Horror Story decided that they were both vampires. Yeah. Which I don't know if that breaks libel laws. I assume not, because it's on TV, and they probably have lawyers. But it seems to me like it should be illegal to imply that somebody is a vampire (laughs) on television. To rewrite silent film history, to
1: Mm -hmm. be like, but secretly, all vampires
0: and that that's a great part, is it like, so he talks about, like, in researching Nosferatu, he discovered, like, vampires, which in real life are just people that have, like, blood orgies in the woods.
1: Yeah, and it cuts to a blood orgy in the woods, which is surprising.
0: Mm-hmm. So then F.W. becomes one of the vampires during one of those uh, blood orgies, and he says, hey, Like, I need to save you from what's coming, and uh, Valentino says, what's coming, and F.W. Murnau says, the talkies.
1: (laughs) So because
0: Valentino can't speak uh english well and has a really heavy accent uh, fw merno tells him like your career is going to get destroyed as soon as sound comes to the pictures so if you want to live forever
1: <laughs> let me make you into a vampire uh-huh <laughs> and so um fw murnow unbuttons his shirt makes a small cut above very his-
0: sexually very unbuttons his shirt. sexually because like, it's not just a shirt he's got like a vest And a jacket.
1: Yeah, he Mm disrobes, sensually, slowly. He makes a small cut above his nipple, and then he sort of gently holds Valentino's head to his breast as he suckles his blood.
0: And he is very, very excited about what's going on, as you can tell by his face. Yes. And how he puts his head back in delight as this is going on.
1: It's uh, it's pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but essentially, uh, so it cuts back to uh, flashback number one. So we've uninceptioned one level <laughs> in these flashbacks, and uh, Valentino and uh, Natasha explain to Lady Gaga that they are going to live forever, and that they want her to come with them, and that they're going to leave for Europe the next day.
1: But Lady Gaga says, hey, I thought you were dead, and Natasha, you had disappeared, so I got married. And then it shows another flashback within the flashback, and it's Lady Gaga getting married to Evan Peters, mm-hmm. aka Peter Cushing Walt Disney. mm
0: mm-hmm. and, and she explains that she, like, if she was going to be mourning, that she might as well be mourning in, like an extravagantly lavish place, a.k.a. the Hotel Cortez. Um, so then it, soon afterwards, so they they show, like, a little shot of their wedding, and then it soon afterwards cuts to maybe the best scene.
1: Well, it in... cuts to them, like, having oh, yeah. rough sex, uh-huh. because the show cannot show enough sex.
0: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like... It... And, and during it, Lady Gaga talks about how She saw a darkness in him, and she embraced it and wanted it, like, inside of her. Yes. So then it cuts from that. Again,
1: this show nasty.
0: It's very nasty. So it cuts from that to Peter Cushing in a hotel room, uh, slicing up a man in a bathtub.
1: And Lady Gaga walks in on this scene, and, um, Peter Evans, or Evan Peters? Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. (laughs) Um looks up at her with this kind of face of, like, a guilty child who's been caught stealing cookies and goes, What? It's just a hobo. You disapprove? <laughs> and then basically Lady Gaga's like, No, I don't disapprove of you killing people, but why would you kill hobos? You could kill rich people, and then we could steal their shit. And then Peter Cushing <laughs> says, Darling, you're a revelation. <laughs> um And then they... Kiss and there's blood and it's American Horror Story. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, just his his delivery of the lines in that scene were really. I like, am I'm, I'm making the the motion of like a chef kissing their hands. Mwah. Mwah. So tasty. Mwah. So choice. So prime. And so anyway, so cut back from that flashback <laughs> to the original <laughs> flashback, and they're telling them about or. The uh, Natasha and Valentino are telling Lady Gaga about their plans to sneak off to Europe. Camera pulls back and reveals that Peter Cushing is down like below their balcony listening on to their conversation.
1: So Valentino and Natasha presumably like they turn her into a vampire kinda like then and there, right?
0: Yeah, so, like, they they just all start kissing, and that's the end of the scene. Yeah. And then we, it's also, for the first time in, like, 30 minutes, the end of the flashback. Yay! <laughs> um, so, while that flashback is going on, there's a B-plot that is happening, and that is a dude named John, uh, who we learn is, like, a detective or something like that. That is trying to capture what they refer to as the Ten Commandments killer, and he has voluntarily uh, committed himself to a mental hospital
1: because he believes the Ten Commandments killer to be there.
0: We think. We think that like, that's, like it's it, it shows like a, another flashback of him like fighting a cop at his work. And then it, like, shows a file fall to the ground that has the name of the hospital there. So he's, like, for some reason, he's, like, off the case because of his mental problems, I think. Yeah. And so he used that as an excuse to go to the hospital. That,
1: Where he believes the killer the
0: killer. Well, that, killer that he thinks be. some information about the killer is there.
1: Right. And this dude's performance... It's, it's not choice in the same way that Evan Peters's performance is choice, but it's certainly fascinating mm-hmm. because my dude looks like a combination of Zachary Quinto and Crispin Glover. He has little tiny lips and he speaks in a whisper the whole time. Um, and, and one thing great. that
0: I noticed just in how it's shot is that. The camera seemed to be afraid of him.
1: The camera was very scared of him.
0: It didn't It, couldn't it didn't focus want to look on, on his, his face. <laughs> for more than just a few seconds before it would try to like slowly drift away and yeah, focus would, on something else. The camera
1: would peek at him and then I would get too scared to look directly at him anymore. So it would kind of like shy away.
0: Mm-hmm. So he goes and he's spying on a security guard inside the hospital that is basically guarding. Like, what? what wing is it? It's like the
1: uh it's like the, i don't know, it's like a secure wing. yeah like just it's where confusing. where the
0: dangerous patients are essentially um so he spies on him to learn that he's the only guard uh comes back a few minutes later pretends like he's like having a medical emergency and knocks like a bedpan onto the ground and then he uses it to smash the guard over the head and steals his key card he goes into a room uh, like one of the patients room in the secure wing, and he opens the door and standing staring at the door is just a little girl. And we could not tell if that's what he expected to find in the room or
1: not. It was absolutely unclear.
0: Cause he looked over the like, like a guest list, essentially like a sign in sheet, and it just said Zachary Vaughn is where he like stopped his finger and went to the room.
1: So we thought he was going to open the door and see Zachary, but he saw a tiny girl instead. And
0: as the tiny girl was Zachary. I don't know if we got her name. That's Zachary a, can be a little girl's name. We don't know.
1: Good point. Although he did say.
0: Yeah, they, did we figured out that Zachary Detective Vaughn was so. like a cop, we think. Yeah. But we don't know if he was supposed to be in that room, but there was a little girl instead, or if it, for some reason the like sign-in sheet just had the name of the cops that put the patients there or what but anyway little girl there and what what did we learn from the little girl cat
1: um so many things well okay so there's this little blonde girl with super dope hair um and uh he's like hey you can tell me what's happening like you know stuff and she's like well I was there when um, the Ten Commandments killer like did such and such, and he's like, oh, but he forced you to, like, you're innocent, you just need to tell me what happened. And she was like, what makes you think I'm innocent? Then it goes to another flashback, because this show um, gets a boner for flashbacks. and They
0: go through, like, five flashbacks during this one conversation. Yeah.
1: Um, it goes to a flashback, and it shows, like, the back of a man's head, so we never see his face. But we assume he's the Ten Commandments killer. He's killing some dude, like, in a church. He's stuffing
0: coins into his mouth, so I assume it is, is there a commandment about not eating money? (laughs) Is that one of the Ten Commandments?
1: Thou shalt not
0: eat currency. currency. (laughs) No, for real, is that, I don't know the Ten Commandments.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's number six.
0: You, I'm not joking is one of the why is he eating money if he's like because I assume it's like seven with the seven deadly sins <laughs> and that the Ten Commandments killer is like killing ten people that have broken one of the commandments is one of the commandments that he broke eating currency. Yeah. Like I, I don't no I know when you're doing that, that that means that you're trying to trick me. So what actual commandment did he break?
1: Um. Thou shalt not eat non-edible items.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, he was breaking one of the Ten Commandments, we think. And I I can't be certain which commandment that was, (laughs) because I haven't read the Bible. (laughs) But Um, whatever it does, it means you get coins stuffed into your mouth.
1: Yeah. So then um, uh, it shows like a guard bursting into this room um where the 10 commandments killing is taking place um the guard's like oh dang and he draws a gun and then um he turns around the little girl is there and the little girl just kind of leaps forward and slashes his throat with a knife
0: mm-hmm. and i do want to talk about like the cuz like and essentially like for the rest of the scene she just kind of runs him through some of the other murders yeah. that have happened to prove that she was like at all of them, mm-hmm. um, and they keep doing like flashbacks to the murders, and like, they're far more graphic than we need. Oh Ryan yeah, Ryan Murphy, yes. we don't need to see that.
1: We don't need to see that, Ryan Murphy.
0: Come on, Ryan Murphy.
1: Like the blood orgy, that was fun,
0: kind of. I guess not really, but no. like we didn't really need to see that either. No, that's true. Ryan Murphy, just like keep something like show some mystery, you know, Ryan Murphy. We don't need to see it all. Yeah. We don't need to see the full Monty.
1: It's true, Ryan Murphy.
0: Is that what the full Monty means?
1: Um, seeing someone's tongue get nailed to the ground? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that movie's about, actually.
0: Male strippers?
1: Male strippers who get their tongues nailed to the ground.
0: Sounds like a bad movie. Did Ryan Murphy make it? Sorry that I just implied that Ryan Murphy made <laughs> all bad movies.
1: <laughs> I think his dad made it. <laughs> okay, so...
0: But yeah, like it's so it it far too graphic for my tastes. I didn't need to see that. Uh so John is just like, All right, little girl, if you were there for all of it, then you know who it is. Can you like tell me who it is? And she says, if you get me out of here, I'll take you to his house.
1: Yeah. Um, but I think it's worth mentioning that what we have just accomplished beyond all odds is a simplification of this conversation because the conversation itself was between an inscrutable child and a whisper man and it made no it barely made sense
0: and they cut it in a way to where they had like superimposed both shots over each other Mm -hmm. and they had half of john's face and half of the little girl's face in the frame at the same time despite the fact that they were facing each other
1: yeah and at one point the little girl said the line um I don't want to feed anymore, which was fun. I enjoyed that. So, he says something about like I have a daughter and I have a bad relationship with her, but he says it in a very sort of in difficult to understand dramatic way. And she says like, "Oh, my like my dad was crappy." Um, he used to say that he couldn't wait for me to grow up, and I guess it's implied that, like...
0: Some type of pedophilia. Yeah. Or, like, was, he says, like, something about her being, like, the woman of the house or something.
1: Yeah. Um, so then it fla- it does another flashback. to 1985, um, and the little girl is in a car with her dad, and she's, uh, is giving us a voiceover and explains that, um, her dad left her in the car so that he could go drink at the Hotel Cortez and she was in the car, and it was very hot, but she didn't, like, um, try to get out of the car because
0: she... And, like, the windows were rolled up. Yeah,
1: because she basically, like, wanted to die because she had a very sad, abusive childhood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But then she looks over, and who's that peering through the window?
0: It is a totally 80s-out Lady Gaga.
1: It's fantastic.
0: Like, frizzy, frizzy hair, leather. It's amazing.
1: Yes, So Lady Gaga sort of peers in the window, and uh, it's so we we can gather that Lady Gaga turned this little girl into a vampire. Yeah,
0: because she still looks exactly the same, and it's 30 years later. Yeah, and the little girl says something about, like... Her dad died many, many years ago because John thought that maybe she was trying to say that her dad was the killer.
1: I also wrote down a really good line that the little girl says in the voiceover Mm from when she's in the car um because she says this line extraordinarily dramatically and it does not deserve to contain that level of drama let's hear it okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best dramatic reading okay okay it was so crazy hot i was like a pizza in the oven
0: <laughs> i didn't even catch that <laughs> you one. did it uh-uh.
1: it was so good
0: it sounds very good
1: um anyway
0: Anyway, so yeah, so she says, get me out of here and I'll help you find his address. And then we finally, after all this time, cut back to uh, the two zombies that have just finished essentially eating the uh, guest at the hotel. Mm -hmm. And we see that it is uh, Valentino and Natasha. Uh, Much, much, much worse for wear.
1: Yeah, they have like nasty paper bag skin.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Veins like valentino's hair's gotten a little bit gray which i thought was an interesting
1: interesting choice yeah but
0: essentially they imply that um like their blood hunger uh that like it is they can't die but they can be in much much pain if they don't get to feast on blood
1: well the specific line that valentino says is this thirst it's unslakeable Slakable, unslakeable,
0: Is that a word?
1: Yeah, like you slake your thirst. i so you never like drink heard some, of you don't no, no? like
0: quenchable, unquenchable.
1: Um, it's like the same kind of. If you quench your thirst, you also slake your thirst.
0: Like why didn't? Because I I believe that Sprite's, uh, slogan for a while was that it was the uh thirst quencher. Why didn't they go with the thirst slaker?
1: Sounds dirtier. It
0: also sounds like God's laker. <laughs> So they uh, are talking about how they um, need to fill this unslakeable thirst, and uh, three male strippers uh, go into the room next door. So they say, oh, I think it's time for us to go feast on them. Yep. Say something about it being a gift from God (laughs) that they can't pass up.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, isn't that what everyone thinks when they see three male Australian strippers? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So they prepare themselves to go eat the strippers. Um, but it's revealed that obviously they were the ones that were trapped in like a hallway. And we get another flashback. And it is Natasha and Valentino. And they get essentially like uh, mobbed by a group of large men. And Peter Cushing comes into the scene and it is revealed that like he has had them kidnapped right before they were expected to go to the train station. We see Lady Gaga very sad at the train station that they didn't show up when she was expecting them, and then we get a shot of Natasha and Valentino waking up in a hotel room. They go and try to open up the windows, and it they see that the window has been bricked off. They go into the hallway... All of the rest of the rooms in the hallway have also been bricked off. And then, like, the end of the hallway, we get a shot of a very happy little construction worker putting up the bricks yeah, to fill in that wall.
1: Whistling and stopping uh-huh,
0: Unaware of what's going on on the other side of the hallway. Yeah. Uh, so it's revealed that they are the, like, two that were stuck in that hallway and that uh, Peter Cushing had kidnapped them and kept them there, essentially. And Natasha and, uh, Valentino, they talk about how they, or Valentino talks about how he wants to get revenge on Peter Cushing, and Natasha's like, oh, like, I'm sure that he's long dead by now. Cut to Peter Cushing having dinner, and he's the exact same-looking Peter Cushing that we got in the flashbacks, so we don't know if it's a flashback or not, and it's not helped when Lady Gaga enters the scene, um, but... Uh, they talk about how, like, Lady Gaga thanks him for having dinner a week early. Uh, Peter Cushing says that we can do dinner more than once a month if, like, you wanted to. Lady Gaga says, no, this is our arrangement. It works well as is. And then they start having dinner. Lady Gaga informs Peter Cushing that she plans to get remarried. Uh, Peter Cushing says,
1: wait, 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 can we do that, that line part? Cause, mm-hmm. okay. Um, because he okay, so he says splendid. So I'm gonna say Lady Gaga's line. Oh yeah, that it. was
0: a good delivery. Yeah,
1: yeah, you try to deliver it just like he he's. No, you're okay? you're
0: you're good at this voice. Let's let us let us let you have. <laughs> yeah, you're great at it.
1: Okay, all right. So uh, I, you're Lady Gaga. I'm Lady Gaga, and you say I plan to marry again, but do it in your best Lady Gaga voice. I
0: plan to marry again. Mm, splendid. Yeah, it was a great, another great line delivery, MVP of the episode by far. So um he asked, like, who do you plan to get married to? And she says that she plans to marry Drake, not Drake, the musician, though that would be very cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Drake, the blue suited man from the opening of the episode and Peter Cushing goes, oh, yes, the man that bought my hotel from me. Uh Do me a favor when you kill him, kill him somewhere else so that you don't have to see him every day and plying that Lady Gaga had killed peter cushing at the hotel and that's why peter cushing was still there as a ghost
1: yeah i guess he's a ghost Mm -hmm. um and then he says i know when you hotline bling that can only mean one thing ghosts ghosts
0: (laughs) that Um, made it sound like a weird drake ghostbusters crossover
1: hmm. Oh, I like that.
0: It's like, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. And then Drake's on the other side going, I know when you hotline bling, that, <laughs> that can, can only, only mean one thing. There's ghosts that need to be busted.
1: <laughs> um. So anyway, Lady Gaga's like, maybe I won't kill him. Maybe I'm actually in love this time. And Peter Cushing is like, mm, you've been in love once before. And he starts doing this weird little monologue where he's blowing cigarette smoke everywhere and, like, well, she, acting the shit out of this scene.
0: And she says, no, you know, like, I've been very frank with you. You know that I've never been in love with you. And he goes, oh, no, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about your little lover from long before. And then he basically tells her, yeah, I kidnapped them and... I kept them in a hallway.
1: Yeah. Then Lady Gaga realizes, oh, that's what killed those construction workers, what me and Kathy Bates was done looking at earlier. And she's like, oh my god, it was them. And
0: And then then it kind of abruptly cuts from that scene, doesn't it?
1: Um, well, she says something about like, oh, I'm gonna go look for him. And he's like, "Mm, they've already gone.
0: Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to uh, Natasha and Valentino looking very hip leaving the hotel they've very How quickly did
1: they get so hip so fast yeah,
0: yeah. like new haircuts yeah and all that stuff new
1: clothes new haircuts they've regained their youth presumably after they ate those strippers
0: mm-hmm. and then it cuts from that to uh, john and the little girl have escaped from the hospital and the little girl saying oh we need to go to the hotel cortez and then she asks john are you planning to kill him when you find him and john says like i'm gonna do whatever needs to be done and so the little girl says well i liked you but now i have to go yeah and runs out into the street and gets hit by a bus end of episode end of episode which like not a great cliffhanger because we already know she's a vampire yeah we are like yeah if she was a werewolf.
1: <laughs> Getting yeah. hit by a bus would but, but be
0: very we bad. We don't
1: know. Was it a silver bus? It's impossible to say. But
0: she's not aware. But she's no. She's a vampire. She's a vampire, so, so we know fine. that she's alive. She's fine. As long as she gets some blood, she's going to be okay.
1: Yeah. Um. And so that was that was episode seven.
0: Yeah. Well, so what would you think?
1: I am torn because so much about it was so needlessly obtuse and complex. But also, it was, like, one of the most enjoyable things to watch
0: ever. Like, here's what I really appreciated about this, was it was genuinely some of the, like, most fearless television making that I have ever seen. Like, they did not give two shits about anything in the making of this show. Like, they just did whatever they thought would be cool to do. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't make for, like, great art necessarily but it made for very enjoyable watching
1: yeah well that's the thing is i feel like i feel like i super super enjoyed watching an episode i don't think i'd be able to handle an entire season well that was they the just other... they just go like balls to the wall and they're just like let's throw everything that we've got at this like zombies vampires ghosts serial killers tiny vampires like they're just going for it but when you put all of that back to back to back every episode and you're it's like it's like way over the top it's too much ghost spaghetti thrown at the ghostly wall
0: we we, we already used the spaghetti to ter- uh metaphor last episode is that our new thing I, spaghetti at the wall
1: i'm kind of hungry for spaghetti
0: okay you can have some spaghetti Thank we'll get you. you some spaghetti yay but yeah that, that like that was the thing that was most fascinating to me about watching this is in like some of the other shows that we've watched mid season that like have like an overall season plot. I'm always just surprised by like the fact that we can come out of the episode and kind of know everything that had happened up until that point. Mm -hmm. Like it's surprising that TV works that way. This episode, like I felt like I was prepared for anything that would happen in any episode afterwards, like that I understood like all of the stakes and what was going on, but I have, I could not tell you or even fathom a guess at what an episode before this would look like because most of what seemed to be going on seemed to be being introduced in this episode. Yeah. Like the vampires and the zombie vampires and everything like that.
1: Well, that's my recollection of season one is that basically every episode introduced a whole bunch of stuff so that by the end of the season, it was so overcrowded with like lore and monsters and plot points.
0: Like kind of a weird take no on the monster of the week, but it's a monster of the week that keeps getting added to the monsters of the weeks before.
1: Yeah, it's like a monster advent calendar, and then you're left with all the monster chocolate at the end, and then it's too much chocolate and you get sick. I have a quick question before we wrap up. Let's hear it. Okay. So if you were going to pitch Ryan Murphy on what another season of American Horror Story Ooh. should be. Okay. Cause we've got, okay. So season one, murder house, season two, asylum, season three, coven season four was what? circus circus. Yeah. Um, season five hotel. And then season six, Roanoke. Season 7, I'm pretty sure they've already, like, figured it out. We're picking so season 11. Season 11? Season 11. Season not 11, season 8?
0: Like, 2022. Okay. All right. Ryan Murphy.
1: Ryan Murphy. Dear Ryan Murphy.
0: I have a wonderful idea. <laughs> I'm writing to you today. <laughs> I'm just wasting time while I try to think of a really good answer.
1: Oh, wow. Um, that was I, I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah.
0: Uh. All right. American Horror Story. Ooh, boy! Ooh, boy! This has got to be a good one. Okay, okay. Oh, oh! You give me one. You give me one.
1: Okay. Um, season eleven, American Horror Story. Bathrooms,
0: like a public bathroom, like yeah. a rest stop. Yeah. American Horror Ooh. Story. Roadside rest stop.
1: Oh, that is genuinely very spooky. Well, yeah. Like, I feel imagine
0: like- if you were like a, a, a like janitor that worked at a roadside rest stop or a bunch of roadside rest stops. Ooh, we are making a good horror movie
1: oh, here. Oh man, this is this is definitely like a Stephen bunch of King.
0: haunted rest stops. Yeah. Well, well, with Ryan Murphy, it would probably get very like scatological. Much more than Stephen oh, King.
1: Oh, that's very true. Ryan Murphy would show all all the bathroom functions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Okay, I'm trying to think of other like all Americana right. horror classic. Here we things. go. Like they. Okay, so nah, they, I got one. You got, I got one? one. All right.
0: American Horror Story, McDonald's Play Place.
1: <gasps> oh snap! That is scary. I
0: Had a really bad experience at a McDonald's play place once. Do you want to unpack that? Like I was like. Right at the kind of edge of when you're allowed to be in a McDonald's play place. Like Mm -hmm. I was like probably like seven or so. Mm -hmm. Does that seem too old for a play place? That seemed like the right age of like, yeah, if you're bored in a McDonald's, you're allowed in the play place, but it's not for too much longer.
1: Yeah, I I suppose so.
0: So, yeah. So I was probably about seven or so. And then I was like waiting in line to go down one of the slides. Right. Mm Um. So then, like, there was, like, a much smaller child that was probably, like, three or so that was also there. And she, like, just straight up tripped and fell down the slide. But she had, like, a sister that was bigger than me that was also at the play place with her. And the sister accused me of pushing this three-year-old down the slide. Which that in itself—that is an American horror story, right?
1: Yes. Like imagine being
0: accused of pushing a three-year-old down a slide at a McDonald's playplace.
1: I accused a child of pushing me down some stairs when I was in preschool, and then his mom yelled at me. That's a that's a story from another day though.
0: But just to make it even worse, she then pushed me down the slide. No. And like my hand, like got injured. (laughs) And going down the slide. But as far as she knew, she was just getting retribution for, like, the horrible, horrible thing I did to her little sister. Because <laughs> that would be a very mean thing to do, is to push a three-year-old down a slide. It's true. So that's my pitch, Ryan Murphy, <laughs> for American Horror Story McDonald's Playplace. And that
1: way, Ryan Murphy, you can say that this season is based on true events.
0: Uh-huh. Thank you so much for listening this week. This has been the only fan cast. If you like what you heard, uh, please consider going and rating and subscribing to our show on iTunes because it really helps new people find our show. Um, I wanted also to thank the new reviews that we got this week. DDJ026, GMoney1313, Messer26, uh, REO James. The Lone Gun, Shabadoo Ninety Nine, and Fear of Success. Uh, thank you all so much for letting us know what you think. We really appreciate it.
1: It makes us super happy. Um, if you want to suggest shows we should watch, you can find us at Only FanCast on Twitter and Facebook. And
0: if you know how to get our show onto the deep web, please let us know. I've been Kyle.
1: I've been Cat. Next week we're gonna watch Wings. I love you. I love you too.